Love Thy Lawyer, featuring Lewis Goodman. This is episode 116 on Kelly Bagla's Go Legal Yourself podcast. Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast. This show is about knowing the legal life cycle of your business. Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast. I'm your host and legal friend, attorney Kelly Bagler, the queen of business law. And today I have a wonderful surprise for you. There's going to be an attorney, me, interviewing another attorney. So that's going to be fun. And uh, today's guest is Louis J. Goodman. And Louis is with the law office of Louis J. Goodman. Lewis is a practicing attorney and I am going to bring him on so he can share his experience with us and also ask him some fun questions. Welcome to the show, Lewis. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to be on and it's an honor to meet you. Thank you so much. It is going to be fun. I mean, two lawyers talking. (laughs) In fact, I heard a joke this morning and I've never heard this one before. The the two lawyers went into a really nice high-end restaurant they ordered, you know, the, the top of the line coffee. So the waitress brings out the coffees and then they pull out a sandwich each from their briefcase and they start eating their own food. And the waitress goes, I'm so sorry, you're, you're not allowed to eat your own food in this establishment. So the two lawyers looked at each other, they swapped sandwiches and they continued eating. <laughs> so now they're not eating their own, right? <laughs> But Lewis, do you have a joke or a quote to share with us? Well, this lawyer goes in for some minor surgery and he wakes up in the hospital room and he sees that all the blinds are just shut really tight. And he says, why are the blinds shut so tight? And the nurse says, well, there's a big fire across the street and we didn't want you to think you had died. Hey, there you go. There you go. So tell us, Lewis, you, you're obviously a practicing attorney. You are on the litigation, civil side? Uh, no, I do nothing but criminal defense. Oh, okay. oh, so is it appropriate to call you a criminal lawyer? <laughs> criminal defense lawyer, criminal justice lawyer, constitutional rights lawyer. Uh, criminal lawyer, sure. <laughs> but then again, aren't all lawyers criminal? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> so how how did you become a lawyer? How did you decide to go into law? You know, I think on some level, lawyers are born, not made. And um, I've I've always been someone who is interested in public speaking. In junior high, I was in the debate club. Uh, I was always the person who was asked to run interference for friends when they were in trouble with school authority. So I think that being a lawyer was just kind of baked into me. And it didn't hurt that my dad was a lawyer. And so when I graduated from college, I, I I really hadn't really thought about being a lawyer or anything else. And I was... I was, I was working on cars because I'd had a part-time job doing that in college. And then when I graduated, I just kept going. And a guy that I was working with there said to me, 
well, what, what happened to you over there at the university? I said, well, what do you mean what happened to me? He says, well, I mean, did, did, you, did you drop out? Did you just leave? Did you graduate? I mean, what, what happened? I said, no, I graduated. And he said, well, do you have a degree? I said, yeah, I've got a degree. He says, well, don't you think you could be doing something better than this? And I said, well, I don't know. I said, I, I, I'm sure I could go to law school. He says, well, buddy, he says, you do that. You go to law school. And uh, I thought about it for a while, and I took his advice, and uh, I, I just started applying to some law schools, and I ended up getting into, uh, into University of California Hastings and, in San Francisco, and it was just a, a great place to be, a great place to go to school. It was a really wonderful experience. That is a great law school, actually. I, with my undergrad, I graduated from Cal State Haywood. Oh, really? That's where my office is, is yes, in Hayward. In Hayward, yes, yes. Apparently, Harvard, Harvard on the Hill. There you go, yes. <laughs> That's what we used to call it. Of course. <laughs> my, my office is in Hayward. I've had an office uh, in the same place, in the same building in Hayward uh, since 1990. Wow. So you've been practicing for a while? Yes, um, for for longer than I than I can imagine. <laughs> I started out in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office, and had a really just great experience there. I, I loved being a deputy district attorney. But I think like a lot of us, especially those of us who, you know, we, we see and we hear and we meet in the podcast world, I just kind of wanted to do something on my own. I wanted to, I, I had other ideas about what I wanted to do, including living in Hawaii for a while, which I did immediately after leaving the DA's office. Uh, and then got an offer to do criminal defense back in California. And I, I took that opportunity and worked for and with somebody else for a while and learned a lot and then ultimately went on my own. And I've been doing that ever since. It's interesting, Louis, that you say that attorneys are born. I knew I wanted to be a lawyer at the age of five. And at that time, I don't know what a lawyer was. I must have seen a show. I have no idea. But all I knew was I wanted to be a lawyer and that's what I was going to do. I'm the very first lawyer and, in fact, the only lawyer in my family. All of my siblings have gone into the medical profession, some respect or another. But me, no, no, not me. I can't even walk into a hospital <laughs> without getting the heebie-jeebies, right? And, and so I have come across other lawyers, if you will, that are either burnt out from practicing law or they just figured after putting in a couple of years, it's just not for them. It's too stressful for them. But the ones that are really meant to be lawyers, those are born to be lawyers. And I really resonate with you on that statement that you made. So clearly, I love what I do. Love it. Clearly, you love what you do, too. How did you get to that stage, Lewis, of loving what you do? It's a process, um, and I think like a lot of things, I came at it consciously because I think that I think that even if you really love what you do, you can love 90% of it, but 10% of it is just scary, dreadful, a problem, keeps you up at night. And I think that the key thing is to learn to recognize that that 90% of it outweighs the 10% of it. I also think that in in doing the work that I do, I had to really understand what about it, what there was about it that I really liked. And what I really liked 
was being in a position to support people in making substantial positive changes in their own lives. And then as an attorney, being able to use those substantial positive changes to explain to a judge and a district attorney why somebody shouldn't go to jail, but rather should be given a a rehabilitation program or continue a rehabilitation program that I had worked on getting them into uh, or, you know, being involved in some counseling. And those are the kinds of ways that I think that as an attorney, as a criminal defense attorney, that I can really support individuals in making life changing improvements. The, the practice of law is so vast. And when you go to law school, you don't necessarily know right off the bat which discipline you want to go into. We have business law, we've got criminal law, we've got um, you know, immigration law, we've got intellectual property law. There's so many different disciplines within the, the field of law that one can go in to practice it. But how? what makes a great criminal defense lawyer, Lewis? Well, I think that there's a certain element of knowing thine own self. (laughs) Um, I talk to lawyers all the time. And last week, I talked to two different lawyers who have two very different practices. One does nothing but estate planning. And the reason she loves that work is because she never has to be confrontational with anybody. She talks to people about uh, very long-term plans, uh, she drafts, you know, wills, trusts, and really works on making it so that people can plan for their future in a very non-confrontational way. And and that's what she really likes about it, that she never has to get in an argument with anybody. She can advise people, but she doesn't have to be confrontational. Then I talked to another lawyer who does really high-level plaintiff's personal injury. He says, you know, I'm never happier than when I'm in court getting ready for that trial day to start. That is, that's what I live for. Now, those are just two extreme opposites. And yet they're both attorneys. They both practice law. They both have very successful careers. But I think each of them has really thought about what it is that they want to do, who they are as a person, and been able to craft the practice of law into something that works for them. Let me speak for myself for a moment. I'm not really at, at either end. Um, when I got into the law, I really uh, saw myself as a litigator, as someone who loved being in court, loved being in front of juries. And I've tried well over 50 cases to jury verdict. So I, I certainly have that piece. But being more involved in criminal defense and recognizing that the criminal defense system is very much stacked against the defendant, I've really learned to become much more of a negotiator, a mediator, someone who tries to arrive at win-win solutions. And I know that's kind of trite, but I mean, but seriously, try to come to some kind of a win-win solution that works for my client, it works for the district attorney, and it works for the judge. And if we can get to that circumstance, to me, that's really doing my client a service. Share with us, Lewis, one of your favorite uh, representations of a client and uh, how, how, how you created a win-win situation. I had someone who was charged with uh, driving under the influence and multiple prior convictions, which in 
California requires jail time. I mean, there's a mandatory minimum 120 days in the county jail on a DUI with two prior convictions. It's a misdemeanor, but it's um, but it but it requires jail time. And I was able to get that individual into a live-in program. And as a result of that live-in program, the court sentenced uh, him to to the live-in program for I think it was a minimum of. Of, of 180 actual days. And I think they got that number from the program because the program said, we want him here for, for six months in the live-in program. And I was able to get the court to give him day-for-day credit in the live-in program. Now, on a 180-day sentence, if someone were to do that in county jail, they would get half-time credits. So it would only be an actual 90 days in jail, or if it was the minimum 120 days, it would be 60 days in jail. But here, he spent 180 actual days in a, a live-in program that he couldn't really leave. But it was a whole lot better than being in jail, and it gave him a platform for making those substantial positive changes in his own life. And this is someone who... I don't know, not all the time, but I, I would say every every once in a while will call me or send me an email or send me a holiday card. And it's 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 very gratifying to get that kind of feedback from a client. It doesn't happen all the time. As a matter of fact, it doesn't happen all that often. And my dad used to say, if you expect anybody to thank you for what you do, you could wait a long time for that to happen. But every once in a while, and it, it, it really is gratifying. It truly is. I think we're really all in the service of helping others, despite what the reputation is about lawyers out there. It's an extremely noble profession to be in. Lawyers have been around since day one, ever ever since civilization was created. They've been around. and, And the reason why they're around is because we do represent other people's interests and, and to the best of our ability as well. Now, Lewis, be, being a lawyer, if if you could be anything else, what other profession would you choose? I think I'd be an electrician. <laughs> wow. Why is that? I think that one of the things that I really enjoyed, even as a little kid, and even, even today, is recognizing the notion that a positive wire and a negative wire make a circuit. And that if you put something between those two wires, you can make it run, whether it's a light bulb or a machine or whatever. And and I think that, I mean, that's really, a, you know, ultimately the whole basis of computer technology that all of us <laughs> rely so heavily on these days. And I'm, I'm not saying that I would want to be a computer engineer because I, I think that's way above me. But I, I, I do like the idea of, stringing wire and making something work as as a result and i've always kind of had a head for that that is so interesting i would never ever in a million years pick that someone asked (laughs) me they said well if you couldn't be a lawyer what would you be i looked at them and i said i'd be a lawyer (laughs) there's nothing else (laughs) i want to do but being a lawyer it's allowed us to explore other entrepreneurial opportunities and in fact i want to mention that you are also a fellow podcaster and your podcast is called love thy lawyer how did you come about going from a criminal defense attorney to actually saying okay i'm, I'm gonna have my own podcast well first of all let me just say that i'm i'm not 
trying to become a multimillionaire through my my podcast. It I just kind of fell into it uh, in in this sense is when the whole COVID thing hit us, you know, 18 months ago in March of 2020, the the phone literally stopped ringing in my office. It was like nothing was going on. And I mean, that's, you know, obviously changed substantially since. But for a while, it just seemed like there was nothing was going to happen. And I've always listened to podcasts. I've enjoyed podcasts. I think it's a great medium. And I was just sitting there thinking, well, how hard could this be? I need to do something. Let me figure out how to make a podcast. And I, I really knew nothing about it, but um, I knew it involved microphones, headsets, electricity. Uh, <laughs> and, and the other thing is that I kind of miss talking to my friends. Before COVID, I spent every professional day of my career in court. That's what I do. I get up in the morning, I put on a suit, I go to court. I do what I need to in court, generally in the morning, and then I go back to my office and work in the afternoon. That, that was my life for 30 years. And then all of a sudden, the courts were closed. And I didn't see anybody. So I thought, well, I could do a podcast and I could interview my friends. And that's basically what I do. And now I've also expanded into interviewing attorneys from all over the country and also some from, from other countries too. Like I'm interviewing someone from Canada soon. Or it could even just be someone who's tied to the legal professions, uh, investigators, police officers, but primarily attorneys, because I like talking to lawyers. Lawyers are fun people to talk to. They're smart. They think about things. They read. They're, they're connected. And I've really just enjoyed talking to lawyers on my podcast. And that's really what it's about. What, what a wonderful pivot, uh, Lewis. I actually want to make an introduction to another podcaster. He's in England, and I was on his show as well. And his show is called Legally Speaking. He has interviewed multiple lawyers around the world. And I think you would be fantastic on his show. And I'm sure uh, you'd love to have him on your show too. Uh, his name is Robert Hanna. And again, I'll, I'll make that introduction. And, you know, that, that's the beauty about what we've discovered during the COVID time is we're able to connect with anyone around the world. Yeah. The time. Yeah. Now, prior to that, it really wasn't that pr prevalent. It wasn't sort of in your face. It was, oh, how, how do I connect with someone? How do I, uh, across the world, right? How do, how do I see them? How do I call them? And now it's just everyone can jump on Zoom. Every, everyone can jump on other platforms that where you're able to see each other. You're able to communicate with each other. But it, it's been brought to the forefront. The other thing that uh, COVID has done is, it's allowed people to work from the home office. And I think it's really changed lives. In every crisis that we've had, Lewis, there's always been something positive that's come out. And that's just humans, isn't it? We don't let anything drag us down for too long. And we're always going to keep evolving in that respect. How do you see post-COVID, I, I suppose? How, how do you see life going forward? Well, let me address that specifically in terms of the court system. The big change with COVID in the court system is the use of the technology that we're using right now. The Alameda County court system is using a platform called BlueJeans. Some of them are using Zoom. Some of them are using Microsoft Teams. They work. For some court appearances, what I would call 
serious litigation appearances, for example, a preliminary hearing in a felony case, a jury trial, a felony plea where you want to have the defendant in front of the court, certainly for an in-custody defendant to have some kind of a, a plea. I think it's really important to do those kinds of things in court, live, in front of a judge. I, I think there's uh, an enormous benefit to that, both in terms of protecting one's constitutional rights and just in terms of having people recognize the the power and the importance of the court, because it is an enormously powerful institution in people's lives if they've been charged with a crime. However, there's a lot of court appearances, as any practitioner who goes to court will tell you, that are kind of routine things. You go into court and you say, judge, I've talked to the district attorney and we both agree this case needs to be put over 30 days, 60 days. Uh, we're still working on discovery. We're still working things out. We're st- trying to come to some resolution. I'm still working on getting my client into the program that the court wants. I mean, whatever it is. But these are appearances that do not, in my view, really require uh, live appearance. And so it's created this enormous efficiency where I can be in my office, uh, whether it's my home office where I am right now or my regular office, and be able to work and be able to take care of business and, and not spend, you know, two and a half hours driving and a half hour waiting around and then five minutes in front of the court taking care of business. And, and, that, and, and that, that really oftentimes is the way it works. So I think that this technology going forward is going to stay post-COVID. And I think that's probably true for a lot of industries. I think so too. You're, you're absolutely right, Tim. What advice would you give someone that was thinking about going to law school and in particular going into the profession of being a criminal defense attorney? Don't do it. <laughs> exactly right. Don't um, an electrician. Don't do it. You know, when I went to law school, I went to uh, Hastings, uh, University of California, and at that time, as a state-supported school, it was not particularly expensive to go. Now, people are coming out of Hastings three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt, and that's just that's just postgraduate right what about the undergraduate too right right so but i'm just sort of assuming that you know that whatever undergraduate debt they have this is just another three hundred thousand dollars on top of it so i think you need to think twice three times before you just kind of go to law school because it sounds good or your mother wants you to go or you think that you can really make a lot of money practicing law because You need to go to law school if you have the drive to go because it's a calling and because it's what you want to do with your life. And as far as criminal law is concerned, I would strongly suggest that if you really are interested in criminal law, to take some time off between college and law school and get a job in the criminal field, whether it's working at a district attorney's office or a public defender's office or for a firm that does criminal defense. And even if you have to work for free or for very little money, go and learn something about it and go down to the courthouse and go sit in 
the courtrooms and see what actually happens because it is not LA law. It is not Perry Mason. It's not Boston legal. It, it's not uh, law and order. It is a very different world. And you have to see if, if that's the world that you want to be in. And so I think that, that one really needs to make a clear decision about why they want to be a criminal lawyer because it is not uh, a path to riches. It may be a path to a living, but it's not a path to riches. And one of the reasons why, because I've really thought about this, you know, because I am a little bit entrepreneurial, but it's the big problem in criminal law is that if you are successful, your client does not come back to you. Right. You know, in, right. in, in, in so many other fields of law, like if you draft a good contract, you know, you're going to have clients coming back to you to draft another contract. If you're advising people in real estate, they make a good real estate deal. They're going to come back to you for the next real estate deal. If you do your job in criminal law, your client is out of the system. You don't want them to keep getting rearrested and coming back and rehiring you. Right. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And then the other thing that I would say about criminal law is it's a great endeavor to be in. But it's very difficult to break into without having had some experience in a DA public defender's office. So I think that trying to make that connection into one of those offices is really critical if, if you want to get involved in, in criminal defense. Fantastic advice, Lewis. If you had to do it all over again, and I asked my guests, each and every one of them, this exact same question. If you had to do it all over again... Would you do anything differently? I'm not sure I would have been as cavalier as I was about leaving the district attorney's office. I, I was in my early 30s. I'd been there well, almost 10 years on one level or another. I don't know. I just wanted to get out. It was a great job. I loved the job. I was treated extremely well there. But I also I wanted to go live in Hawaii. I wanted to go windsurfing. I wasn't married uh, as I am now, and I really was just in a position to do what I wanted. So I left sort of knowing that I would land on my feet because I've always landed on my feet. And, and that's true. I, I did and I have and I will. <laughs> but I think that in retrospect, I could have worked around the things that I wanted to do and worked them into the job in the district attorney's office, which came with, you know, a fantastic retirement plan, a fantastic health plan and all those kinds of things. And I you know, at the time in my early 30s, I just I just wasn't particularly interested in thinking about those things. To their credit, I think that people in their early 30s now really do think about that stuff a lot more than I did. You're absolutely right. Yes. And at that age, it's like, I don't, none of that's appealing. Right. But what is appealing is, oh, I get to go and surf and I get to go travel and, and certain things like that. But the, the world is evolving and the next generation of lawyers are going to be completely different from you and I. And in fact, I will be interviewing my legal assistant uh, here very shortly. Her name is Shannon McCracken, such a smart, incredible young lady. Now, Louis, she is one of those like us. She's born to be a lawyer. I'd have to introduce you to her. She's going to be she's applying to law school as we speak. Oh, sure. Uh, from her perspective, you know, the next generation of lawyers, it, it's, um, I'd love to sort of hear her input and, and get her sort of um, take on how she thinks the law may or may not evolve and how lawyers 
her generation are going to do things differently from yours and mine. Uh, but that, that would be an interesting um, interview. I'm excited about that one. I want to thank you so much, Lewis, for being on the show. We are going to put your uh, information on our show notes so anyone can, can reach out to you directly. But uh, what would be a quick and easy way for them to reach out to you? Go to my website, www.lewisgoodman.com. And that's L-O-U-I-S-G-O-O-D-M-A-N.com. Fantastic. And where can they listen to your podcast? You can find it on any podcast app and it is love thy lawyer like love thy neighbor love thy lawyer <laughs> that's usually the first thing so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a public speaker the first thing i usually say to the audience is raise your hands if you love your lawyer and there's not one that goes up except for the ones that know me oh yeah we we, we do we do <laughs> it's, it, it's funny but thank you again louis so much for being a fantastic guest on the show well it's been a pleasure to be here thanks so much for having me Absolutely. My pleasure. And my legal friends out there, you know, we are always here for you. Definitely check out goldlegalyourself.com. It's a do-it-yourself legal protection company. Get the right documents so you can start a solid legal business by yourself. Fancy that. And do definitely go to golegalyourselfpodcast.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can absolutely submit your application directly from the website. I am attorney Kelly Bagler, the queen of business law, and it's been my pleasure being your host. Until next time, cheers to your success. If you're looking to start a podcast on your own, use the coupon code WHATHAS at checkout and receive a free month of media hosting from our recommended hosting company, Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. This podcast was produced by Imagine Podcasting, and we help businesses eliminate competition by elevating their brand message to be heard. Visit ImaginePodcasting.com for more information.